Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time we're talking about Columbo Likes the Nightlife. The very last episode of the show, originally broadcast January 30th, 2003, directed by Jeffrey Reiner, written by Michael Alamo, starring Matthew Rees, Jennifer Skye, and Peter Falk as Columbo. And, of course, every episode of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, we re-welcome cultural critic and writer for the AV Club, Zach Handlin. And before we bring on Zach, RJ, describe the plot of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Columbos to us. Plur, John. Peace, love, unity, and respect. The very cornerstones of the rave and electronic culture. Four things which are in short supply in this sordid tale of murder, betrayal, and large goldfish. When a party promoter and nightclub impresario gets involved with the ex-wife of the son of a mafia chief, he finds himself having to hide a body and stage the suicide of a large and pleasant tabloid reporter. He thinks he's going to get away scot-free, but no. Right at his heels is a very old but still very able Lieutenant Columbo, who's more than willing to dive into a world of glow sticks, feather boys, and E-fueled unwanted back rubs. <laughs> Take a pinch of 70s Columbo, a smattering of CSI, and a whiff of the opening credits of Batman Beyond, and you get a tasty mystery pie that's at once familiar and actually kind of hep, as the kids say. The kids still say that, don't they, John? Really? Sure they do. Yeah, yeah. they sure do. They sure do, fam. I'll I'll uh, I'll check Urban Dictionary to be sure. Zach, welcome back to our hey, humble show. Thank you for having show. me. Oh, no problem. Uh, you, so what we've been doing is uh, folks who have been on in the past. We've done a 70s episode, uh, we give them a later era, and vice versa, and uh, so we uh, gave you the list of the late Columbos, and you picked this one. Uh, why did you choose this episode? Uh, well, I, I love Matthew Rees, uh, I love The Americans, uh, he's fantastic on that show, and I thought it might be fun to see him doing something earlier, and I gotta admit that the idea of, of doing the last Columbo ever was kind of appealing, because you know, oh, I, sure. I, I want to be special. I yes, want to be of special. course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. everyone um, wants to be special. Uh, but I got to say, I'm almost disappointed because I was expecting something that would be utterly abysmal, and I did not find this abysmal. I felt the same way. I read the premise of this. One, it's The Last Columbo. Two, the title and, and the premise yeah. of, of it. Yeah. And I feel like, oh, this is going to be so uncomfortable and unpleasant. And it's exactly the opposite of how I felt about this yeah. episode. 100%. I thought yeah. it was a good episode of Columbo. You know what so, I did yeah. is when I started watching it and the uh, the electronica started and I just <laughs> yes, I just I just <laughs> shut it down and went for a walk and then I came back and tried again. <laughs> I was just like, what the f- DJ Shadow on my Columbo and I just paused it. Well, that's the thing too. It's um um Ken Jordan. <laughs> Uh, one of the fellows from Crystal Method is listed as a composer in this episode, and there are some Crystal Method uh, songs throughout this. But I don't know if he actually did any of the scoring beyond that, because there's another guy who's listed the scoring credit. But yeah, I mean, they actually got people of the time, or they got music of the time, to try to fit that in, and it doesn't seem as ham-handed as it really could have. I think the guy we're meant to look at in terms of music is Adam Kay, who is the music editor for the episode. Okay. 
and I, I believe he was the guy who picked up all of the uh, of the tracks. And he's got a lot of uh, contemporary credits. Like he's got League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He did some of the Scream movies. Uh, there were a few others that I thought were worth mentioning. But he's he's got some like credit doing actual terse soundtracks for film. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's yeah. Because I mean, the thing is, um, for folks, it's, it's not a super easy one to find. It's on the DVDs. I think it might be floating out there on YouTube, possibly, maybe not. Um, it starts out, you're, you're seeing like the, the credits in a different font than you've ever seen in a Columbo episode. It's a bunch of people dancing at some warehouse party, a rave, as the kids used to call it back then. And um, so and watching that, to- I was thinking, uh, as soon as Columbo gets in this, it's just going to seem like sticking out like a sore thumb. And that, for me, did not happen. I mean, well, that it, was the weird, that was the weirdest thing. It was like almost respectful of rave culture. Yes, like, it, it, like there yes. was no. Like, they made some mild jokes about Colombo being a little bit awkward and things. But, he would but at be. the end, he's he like he yeah no it, like it, it, at the end he's like he's actually complimenting the guy in the club and oh, and like the whole thing. We'll get it, to it, that. That's it, one of my favorite bits. Yeah, yeah. It really, oh, it's fan, yeah. It's, uh, but no, the whole the whole episode it never gets. It's not perfect. It's not my favorite Colombo, but it never gets. Cringy. I never felt like, oh god, I can't no, watch this. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good, solid episode of Columbo, yeah. which is not what I expected in the least. <laughs> reading about this thing over the last few years, and like, oh, well, we're gonna have to get to this one, I guess, eventually. But then watching it, I was sitting there waiting for it to get crummy, waiting for it to, and not, I didn't feel like that at all. Like I have for a lot of like the eighties, nineties episodes of Columbo that we've watched. It, it felt yeah, let's, closer uh, to Mer- like the older ones than any of the seventies ones. I've, I mean, the nineties ones I've seen, I think I was thinking about the rock music in murder of a rock star, which was mm. so oh, God, woefully yeah. corny yeah. and right. out of date. Well, you know, this was contemporary. It's, it's actually, when did, uh, when did snatch come out? Cause that, that seemed to me to be a real influence on the first 30 minutes of the episode. Oh, actually. Yeah, I know watching it, it. It felt like a lot like, Oh, this I'm watching this setup for some late nineties, early two thousands, indie thriller murder movie. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like it, it, kind of, it kind of felt to me for a little, a little while at first until I kind of warmed to it. I, I was thinking of those late period, uh, tales from the crypt episodes where they kind of had <laughs> oh, to yeah. watch it. To have like it was like barely even a, a horror show anymore. It was just like a thinly veiled crime series, right. and it had that feeling of like, well, like just the I, I for me, I was I was ready to say that this isn't going to work with the first death, and I was just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. What is wrong with these people? Why are this is like if this whole thing is going to be built up out of this, and the fact that they actually saved it from that, that that there I were know. Reasons, it was um, I was very impressed. <laughs> yes, I mean the fact that yeah, that first death. And having to hide, uh, what happens is, um, the 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 fellow uh, Jonathan Reese, uh, Matthew Reese, sorry, um, he's a guy who does a lot of warehouse parties, a lot of raves, and he's opening up a big club in Los Angeles, and he's waiting for an infusion of capital uh, from this guy with a very very New York accent, and <laughs> you mean a Joe Pesci impression? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> but it turns out that uh, Matthew Reese. His character has been involved with this guy's uh, ex-wife, and the uh, the guy he gets very angry and he finds this out, gets him to fight the ex-wife, and she pushes him away in a very blatant <laughs> case of self-defense. And it's an accidental yeah, murder. Yeah. It's a very accidental murder. Yeah. But then you get to think like, are they gonna hide it? Why? But then they actually justify why it has to be hidden and covered up. 
pretty well, especially for like yeah. a, some uh, mystery TV show on ABC. I mean, it. Yeah, they they ended up being able to justify everything pretty well within this kind of program. I, I was I was very surprised at that too. Yeah, yeah and actually, might wanna... it caught me by surprise how they did it too. Something we might want to mention, since this one is hard to find and hard to watch. Not hard to watch, but hard to find. Yes. Uh, is uh, there's two killers and two murderers. Yes. Which is very unusual for Columbo. It, as you were describing, the uh, the ex-wife of the, of the mob-connected dude. As it turns uh, out, yeah. As it turns out. Kills him in self-defense. He's being highly aggressive, highly jealous of her new boyfriend. The second murder is a really complicated part of the cover-up where it turns out... Do you want to cover this one, RJ? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, basically, okay. um, so the, the she calls uh, Matthew Reese over, and he says right away, without any hesitation, oh, we've got to hide the body, we've got to cover this up, we've got to make it seem like this guy's still alive until I get my, what, $50,000? No, $200,000? It was like a huge amount of money. Uh, but it turns out there has been this sleazy tabloid reporter who, for slightly unrelated reasons, had, was just happened to be in the right place at the right time to take photos of them covering up the murders. Then he tries blackmailing them. So then Matthew Reeves just jumps to, well, we've just got to kill this guy. That's <laughs> it. He, which yeah. That's one thing that's interesting about his character, too. You get the impression this guy's done a lot of other awful, awful stuff, and he's a very bad person going back a long time. And the fact he jumps to hiding a corpse and jumps to murdering someone who's found out about it. Like that's his, in the next breath, that's what he wants to. A really to. brutal murder too. Oh, like, I know. It's not like he doesn't just shoot him. He's like, he's, I'm going to garrot you. And yes. then, ugh, yeah. and then, and then it, it's, it's almost like darkly comic how that all turns yeah. out too. The fact that he's yeah, that was... choking the guy in his sleazy, sleazy apartment slash office. And then the guy comes back to life after he's been tied <laughs> by the neck to the uh, radiator. So he shows him out the window. It's like, oh, okay, that's it. And then the radiator comes loose from his fittings. <laughs> which also, to me, feels like, yeah, uh, John, you, you had cited the Guy Ritchie film, where it feels like yeah. it would be that sort of uh, situation. And it all just sort of works in some weird way. Which just, that's I, why... Uh, I, I think it works because it's very much a Guy Ritchie film. It feels of the time because yes. it's cribbing. Yeah, but, but that's I, it fine, cribs it cribs successfully. There's yes. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no. It, it Yeah, I looked at okay, what are what how would this type of story work these days? What are what what's popular, what works? And it uses that especially visually. That's one of the things about this episode. The camera actually moves in this episode as opposed to all the 80s and 90s ones. Oh, There's yeah. There's actually colorful lighting in this thing. As opposed to the '80s and '90s ones, it actually looks a lot more cinematic than they had. The show had looked for 15, 20 years previous, which is I feel what like it's surprises me so much. I feel like it's the most cinematic episode since A Friend Indeed. Oh wow! Yeah, which I hope is high praise because no, it really it is. definitely they Jeez. they went out of their way to really do a. a I mean, they had to because. This is the first Columbo episode that is out in an era when basic cable was in every home. Oh, what, what was, I mean, you, you would probably know this. You're much better at researching these things or actually paying attention than I am. How many years was it between this episode and the previous episode? Because they'd taken a break I, for a while, hadn't it? I want to say it was 99 was the last episode. I'm calling it up now if you want to okay. just 
Let me continue too slowly. Actually, why don't you go let Zach say something? Sure, yeah, okay, sorry, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, I'm on the spot. Oh, uh, well, the, the idea, that thing you suggested about, about Matthew Rees, is initially I was a little worried because I, I mean, I, I, again, I think he's a great actor, but he's also kind of a, like more of a, a character actor type, and then he's more subdued, whereas I think of a classic Columbo villain as someone who's a bit of a ham, who has that sort of big mm-hmm. kind of theatrical presence, like someone who can command, the, not, not like in a, not necessarily like Shatner-esque, but someone oh, no, who's almost yeah. larger than life. Right. But I thought that his his just, it actually felt very sorted. It felt like a crossover between Columbo and Silk Stockings or something. Oh, like it felt interesting. Like Columbo, okay. Columbo was just wandering into this set, and he's, and I one of the things I loved about the episode too is that uh, first of all uh, he made he made a pretty good opponent. He made the stupid mistakes they always make. He yep. overexplained, mm-hmm. but he also ha- and he had that, that rising temper. It was all very classic. Yep. But I loved how Columbo seemed kind of. Columbo never lost his cool the entire episode. He seemed to very much be enjoying himself, like, oh, these kids. Yes. And I thought that was, it was yes. very, very satisfying. There was no note. Nobody knew. I'm not sure if anyone in the production knew this was going to be the last one. There certainly isn't a sense that it, this is a finale. But they're very much, it's, it's very satisfying to see him go about his job and be very professional. Like, there's, there's almost no, there's no real padding in the episode. Like, yeah. it feels very much like he's go, just going through, dotting the I's. Um, the one minor criticism, and I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what you guys made of this the only in terms of like plot construction i was a little bit annoyed that 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 colombo gained ground on two different coincidences Mm. um i i kind of Mm. turned around on it because it felt like after a bit the more i'll I'll say what they are in a second but it felt like um that it's kind of fits in with his character because he's just paying attention to everything and he gradually pulls everything together but the fact that he heard about the missing guy just he happened to be wandering around just somebody happened to mention mark in the stage now and he also happened to be in the office when the guy who um the the blackmailer had been using his backyard to spy on um the mur- the ex-wife and mm-hmm. caught the murdering like he just happened to be in the office when that guy called and left a voicemail none of those are are huge but those are like oh. very minor nitpicks and i thought by put like actually the accumulation of them kind of made sense to me in the way that he he obviously knows from the start who the killer is. Like oh, this is yeah, one definitely. The, yeah. He like yeah. It, there there is there's like they're like double entendres in a non sexual way in that right. in that first conversation he has with Rise. Like, yeah, okay, you you, you got this. Um yeah. so it, it feels more like he's just waiting for the information to kind of fall out. So yeah, I mean that was the only thing that really stuck out stuck out me in terms of the because everything else I was I was worried that the mafia thing was gonna be stupid and it Oh wasn't. my god, that was wonderful. That was smooth yeah. as silk. Yeah. Bobby Bacala in there. Got, I know, like, that's the thing. It ends up being that guy. That it's that guy, and it's played so well and so smoothly. Well, we should talk about that. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't feel about it. Well, yeah, I, don't know. I want to go straight. I want to go to my, straight to my favorite part of the relationship between Colum- between Colombo and El Copa de Tutti Copa. <laughs> yes, ask, ask for Freddy, which that's one of my favorite details. The close-up of the, of the, the, the uh, card, the business card. Uh, that the mafia guy gives to Colombo. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's got the Latin, yeah, it's nonsense, nonsense Italian, Latin, whatever. But at the bottom, there's a phone number, and there that it says, Ask for Freddy. For Freddy. Which is hilarious. Uh, That's such a great gag. But, yeah. uh, you know, Colombo's getting along real well with him, and this is something that happens in a lot of the 90s episodes, where he kind of cozies up to gangsters a little too much. But uh, right at the end, we'll see that when we get to Strange Bedfellows, but um, <laughs> at the very end... <laughs> no, never. <laughs> at the very end, you know, uh, uh, Freddie gives him his card and says something like, if you ever need anything from us, Columbo takes it, looks at it, and just j- smiling gently puts it back. Yes. 
yeah. Cody's breast pocket yes. and doesn't okay. say anything, but he's just like, thank you, and walks out. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Incorruptible yeah. Columbo. Yeah. But, but he took it earlier, though, and put it in his dashboard. Because it was, it was necessary then, and also he hadn't been promised any favors. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I did write it down. Copa Tutti de Copa. Yes. Yeah. It, it's just, it's silly. I, I Googled that. It doesn't mean it's just nonsense stuff. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's, we should, we should probably roll back because so mu- there's so much to talk about and it probably yeah. wouldn't hurt to go a little chronological when we do this. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, part of it, I mean, I was talking earlier about how visually this is so different and so much, but it's just so frustrating uh, especially for like the eighties, nineties episodes, there were so many of them, and they could have been doing that the entire time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it kind of makes sense in that uh, that most of these later era ones, they were mostly trying to compete and do things uh, like the popular detective shows at the time, going to the same audience, which would been like a uh, Matlock, Mauricio wrote, or it's very flat, very TV looking. So why bother? trying to make it look more movie-ish. But by 2003, they were maybe trying to, like, squeeze a few more out. So they did this very last one and maybe try to go for a younger audience, and I think they succeeded. So to me, it's kind of a shame in a way that ABC didn't go for it, but probably the ratings weren't there because people by that point assumed, like, oh, it's going to look like one of those and nobody watched it that night. Yeah, but you try to imagine Dabney Coleman being the bad guy in an episode directed like this. It's oh, I, I, I like, but I like the idea of that. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to know see. It, I'd love to see that, but it wouldn't happen. But I would love to see that. No. It's strange. just I, I, I can't see it working. I can't see like. Faye Dunaway being in an episode of Columbo with a DJ. DJ Scorpio remixes of Hobo Humping Slobo Babe pl- playing in the background. <laughs> you, you with your whale. Good <laughs> Lord, John. I've, I've got the casino. Slipped it in. I know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the thing... But, uh, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, they just... This is something that could not have played with most of the guests, even from the 90s, except maybe Fisher Stevens. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the thing is, uh, this kind of showed a way to do this and get the show current that you could drop this structure, this character into something modern, into something current, into some sort of CSI show, which was starting to get big back then and actually make it work because the basic premise is a really, really solid premise that could work. And to me, it shows you could do a revival of this. It shows you could do throw Mark Ruffalo, throw like the um, Mallory Ortberg switch out the actor every couple of years Doctor Who theory you could do this and just drop it into some other visual thing and you could actually do the show now that way I think this this shows a way to do that which is a thing that's kind of hopeful for me with it but also frustrating with the ones that came before it in the 80s and 90s like oh why weren't you making it look more interesting back then yeah it actually would fit more in the TV landscape now because TV is slowly sort of there a lot more anthology series. And oh, I feel like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. I, I mean, you could you would never want to serialize Columbo. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, but people God. be but people like they got to the point where like they're more patient. They'd be willing to sit through like a ninety minute thing of this because they've been kind of inured to that because of like the anthology kind of stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that could totally work. And I think this episode shows a clear path for making that work. 
I keep thinking about Vince Gilligan oh, helming. Brian Cranston is. Oh my God, Brian Cranston is a killer <laughs> on a Columbia. Oh my oh God! Oh my God! That's, that's Holy really crap! Good. You've broken that something. Is. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's really wow! Good. That would be amazing. <laughs> Holy crap! But yeah, you know, like a Fargo, uh, a Fargo Breaking Bad style, really stylistic, but. Yeah. But not overwhelming the actors kind but, of show. So like still, a Noah Hawley show. Yeah, but still yeah. keeping it like also self-contained. Yeah. Every episode, but it looks like that. It's set up like that. It's a lot more, yeah, it's cinematic. Like this one was, like the 70s ones were, like they forgot how to do it for, you know, 30 years. Oh, gosh, that would be wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Hey, even uh, you're talking about um, Vince Gilligan. Uh, Bob Odenkirk now is a villain in one of these. Oh, yeah. Yep. Bob That's Odenkirk, good. the pressure getting on him and being frustrated with this uh, guy in a trench coat coming after him all the time. Oh, my God. That'd be wonderful to see. You know why I'd oh. like to see that? He he Goodness. plays he plays antiheroes real well. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just love to see Bob Odenkirk as a killer on a new Columbo get to the confessional part, which makes you kind of respect and sympathize with oh, him. Oh, definitely. Like, 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 uh, like the Donald Pleasance. If, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. In the wine episode, that would be yeah. No, he'd be like I that kind of guy. We haven't done that one. Yeah, that's we haven't done it yet. Like where it's kind of an accidental thing. You say like, well, he had a point. Yeah. yeah. No, he would definitely be excellent as one of those. Yeah. I I still can't believe that this episode I liked this one as much as I did. It's, Seriously, it's so I was, I was yeah. lit- like I literally I was so excited to do a '90s episode. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be fun. I'll rip into it. And I'm like, no, I, I really enjoyed this. No, it's good, it good. wasn't. Like there wasn't even there wasn't like it was not padded. There was not a scene in this where it's like, oh, why are we even? But like there was a, there was and it hit all the touchstones. He talked about his wife. He talked there was like and there was yes, like, a the, nephew, a nephew the, somewhere, yeah, and a, a really charming conversation with the hotel maid who is a familiar actress. Oh God, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like and, Karen, Karen Mariyama. Yeah, what, what else has she been in? She was in the Netflix Arrested Development series, and I, I oh. still maintain she had the funniest line. Oh, which who was she in that? Because I didn't remember what. Yeah, she, she was. Familiar. Who's the actor who played Roger Sterling on Mad Men? Oh, uh, uh, John Flaherty. No. John Flaherty, and he was. Yeah. He, she was his girlfriend in uh, the Arrested Development series. If you remember oh. that he was he was a discredited doctor, right? And it's when the four of them are standing out in the desert. Oh my God! Right. He, he just casually points at a lizard, and all she does is really without moving her lips, she just yells cute <laughs> in such an amazing way that I rewound that thing several times. It's one of the <laughs> funniest things I've ever seen. It's just it's just cute. Well that's that's the, that's the odd thing about this episode too. It it was only thirteen years ago, so there are a bunch of folks in it who are still doing stuff. Like uh, Hugo yeah. from Lost yeah. is in this yeah. thing. Hurley, as a Hurley. doorman, yeah, Hurley. I mean, yeah, her, yeah. I mean, it's it's Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Yes, is in that's this, right. She's, she's one of the leads. Yes, Jennifer I am Sky. absolutely over the moon about that. Yeah, I didn't, but I was like doing the I do research. Like, oh, that was her. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I, I love of all that. things. That show was so bad, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, thank, so thank goodness for like. Uh, 90s, 2000s, independent television syndication. It was Back... the Universal Television Action Hour, my friend. Which oh, is that's what, good... oh, my God, that's what it was. Oh, my God, I haven't thought about that in years. I mentioned it on Twitter earlier, but this was like my the treat to my insomnia in the 90s was I used to watch the Universal Television Action Hour all the time. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, we anyway. Sorry. Uh... 
which also, of course, had Jack of All Trades starring yes, Bruce Campbell, who also yes. started in, in Briscoe County Junior with, with yeah, the, the the sergeant in this who's wonderful. Oh, uh, that bowler, oh yeah. Oh, oh my God, I Lord Bowler. I, yes, oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I knew I recognized that guy, and I didn't <laughs> and, have time. And to the thing is, I I love I love that because the, the the treatment of that, like his interactions with Columbo, it's not some like, oh, here's our wacky old Columbo. No, he's just. The first scene you see with that guy, and the first scene you see with Columbo is driving past him in the rickety car, and he's like, where's he going? Like, I, I love, love that. That, that. And that actor does a terrific slow burn. That was yes. like one of the right. best about Briscoe County Jr. He's just slowly, yep. like, exactly. and like the bit, with, the bit with the mouthwash, you smell his breath. He's like, all right, fine. Wait, he, he really does smell like he has mouthwash. <laughs> he smells kind of minty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh. The, um... Uh, I wanted to mention something about that because you know the the music was pretty unrelenting. Crystal Method, like you said, was two, had two songs in the intro, mm-hmm. and it's pretty heavy techno. But when Columbo is shown driving up, it's still electronic, but they do kind of a more bluesy kind of eighties buddy yeah. cop movie sound to it, which is fine, which is great because it's like saying, you know, here's our melding. We're we're still in this high tech world, but oh, here comes our classic cop. But also, I that's another thing too. Like when you the shots of his car just driving, it's also like a, a part of Los Angeles you hadn't really seen uh, much of in Colombo over the years. Yeah, just and just the, the way it's shot the... too. It's just like the little rickety car and this warehouse district with the bridges, and it's kind of mm-hmm. hazy, and it just looks great. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't remember seeing a vacant lot with a chain link fence next to a grody brick building in Colombo before this. Right. Yeah. 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 It's usually much more about exploring the lives of the rich and famous. This is much more down. Like I wouldn't say down to earth, but it's like, it does have a different, I I think he's like, at one point he's in Beverly Hills, but he's just standing on a street corner waiting to talk to that police sergeant who drives up in the cop car. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to the fancy houses a couple times, but that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, ah. even the even the official rave club, the big product that he was going to, is you know it's 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 not the nicest club I've ever seen, but it's a little dingy and it's dark and it doesn't have the glamour mm-hmm. that you associated with all the rich people he would talk to in the old episodes. Right. Th- there was something that happened while he was investigating uh, the crime scene, which has a million mm-hmm. delightful bits in it. Leaning yeah. leaning out the leaning out the window, going, oh, that, yeah. yeah. You see this? I, I can't see what you're holding. It's a toenail. And yes. there's nine more of them in here. I'm so excited. But uh, one of the when I saw this the first time, I laughed and rolled my eyes, and I thought this is the wrong choice. And then I realized what they were doing with it. When Columbo is making the laborious trip up the stairs in order to use the bathroom in the in the apartment, they play fast paced techno music. <laughs> and I just thought that's not called for and that's wrong but then i realized why they did it was because when he went back down the stairs there was no music (laughs) it was just like you know kind of a moment like we're gonna action 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 where's my coffee and then goes back downstairs and has to come back up well the thing you just said about um uh colombo being very excited um and i think we talked about this uh, before we started recording uh Peter Falk is so much more game and active in this than he was in a lot of uh, the episodes from like 10 years before this. And he was like 74 or 75 when they shot this. And he just seems so much more uh, with it and into the proceedings in this episode 
than he was in a lot of the other 80s, 90s ones. He's, I was worried yeah. about that going in. I was yeah, me too. Yeah. He was gonna, I, I did not want to see a shadow of, of Peter Falk's former self. But no, it felt very... I mean, because Columbo always kind of felt like a, like a bit of an old man. And it, it just felt... He just felt very much... Columbo. It would, yeah, it, it was very solid performance. He was very oh, yeah. engaged throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was good stuff. No, it, 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 was, it was a pleasant surprise to see him uh, yeah. be totally into it in this. I think it had a little, a little to do with having a much younger cast because it gives him the opportunity to not have to carry as much. Right. Which is the same thing that happened in Ashes to Ashes. There were so many bright character actors in it, and that was five years before this, that Columbo didn't have to be everywhere and doing everything right and, I, I, do. and that's the thing like like oh he's so into it but then i also realized like oh a lot of it is the directing the editing it helped they actually did it right they did it really well to then make him look even better however old he, yeah it just it's yeah i, I do i yeah. do still feel bad at having seen a 74 year old peter falk have to climb two flights of stairs oh. <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> i felt so bad about that yeah um, uh what are what are our other favorite bits from him investigating that room? Because there's so many. Oh yeah, no. The, the thing is, uh, when he the the, the CSI guy um, uh, uh, sweeping the uh, the keyboard too. It, well, that's that's a thing. That whole sequence, it's like some really good classic Columbo noticing things no one else notices, realizing things that nobody else realizes. Because he just has this wealth of experience, and his mind just works that way. But yeah, that young. Uh, fingerprint guy. Uh, yeah, I, I think you said before we were talking about it, John. Uh, how, how'd you put it? He had to re-examine his entire life. Yes, that's that's after that's kind one of how sentence. He played it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, Columbo Columbo does that old TV trick of running a pencil over a pad to get yes. reverse lettering. Yeah, it's like I and thought the, that all he worked on television. And he says it in such a way like, "Shit, I could have been doing <laughs> that my entire career." Right. He's yeah. so upset. That's great. Uh, one of my favorite bits in there is, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm a packaging freak, so whenever packaging shows up, oh, this one, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. When he, yeah, he picks up the bottle of mouthwash brand mouthwash. Yes, mouthwash. <laughs> That's just there. <laughs> in capital letters. They didn't bother. It's Listerine, but it's like it says mouthwash, yeah. in big block letters. I love that a lot. Yeah. I was also thinking during this scene because you know they they paired him up with a younger cop and, and he is older and they did the bluesy intro and I thought they were going to do a buddy cop thing with these two, but they, they kind of no. did and kind of, yeah, really. but I was thinking how tense, like I didn't know if they knew this was going to be the last episode. How tense would it have been if Columbo mentioned at one point, I'm one day away from retirement. <laughs> you would have been, I would have been just like biting my nails, just clutching my pearls. Like God, he's going to die. He's going to get it. It would have been, it would have been amazing. I wish they had done it just once. Just once. <laughs> um, uh, where do we go from? Where does he? We end up from. Reviewing oh, he goes. From, he goes. He goes to the, the. Oh, he goes to that basement area. Oh, girls that are dancing and right. like. Yeah, he goes. What? He goes. He goes to the warehouse club. He oh, goes to the warehouse where they are still dancing the next morning. Which <laughs> I love how he gets. He gets one of those glow sticks, but we never see him like snap it open just so we can. You know, we we get it that the liquid right. on the tie yes. is. That was in the glow sticks. We don't. It's actually just no. We get it, and Which, I love. And it's I don't know. It's very efficient storytelling. Yeah, because I mean that that's the thing. Like uh, a lot of like the good episodes like this, where he's always constantly doing that sort of thing, off camera. You find out later, like he's been doing research. 
he's been investigating things, and then you realize, like, oh, okay, he found that out because he actually, you know, put in the footwork for it. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. one had a lot of that. That's one of the things, too. It's like, oh, you know exactly why he wants that glow stick. And he's just being generally like, oh, sure, I'll take that. You know and exactly then, why. That's followed up by one of the coincidences, though. Hmm. Because he then wanders into a back room and finds the single postcard with the oh, address for okay. the new club. Oh, right. Although, I have an explanation for it. Uh, those three dancing ladies, they're like the witches from Macbeth. Okay, <laughs> sure. They're like, yeah. they're like the Norn, the fates. They just like... Nah, they, they're, they're, they still, magic. they're just still rolling. I've seen those. <laughs> I've seen that happen. They're still just uh, rolling from the night before yeah. at a boring well, damn party. They really did. They made a reference to E really early on, which I thought was interesting. Oh, which one? And, what? Uh, when the uh, the greasy blackmailer says something about uh, bring me some E or I want E. He, oh, okay. It, it was during the negotiation for where to meet and how to make the meet happen. Yeah. It was It and was he, very... Oh, sorry. No, no go ahead, man. No, I was just going to go back to the dance. I just it occurred to me. I, it, it's very... Again, I mentioned this earlier, but it's very surprising how there's never a sense of judgmental like there's never like a oh you girls why are you wasting your life with this dancing I don't know what the heck that voice was oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> that was weird it was, was old weird. Jewish man like, Columbo so, yeah that was <laughs> yes. bizarre no um yeah I, I never do it <laughs> no um but no I was I was very pleasantly surprised that at no point did, no. did, did like None of that. Like we didn't even laugh at them. The closest you came was that was the friendly girl who gave him the glow stick, and then later on gave him a bow. It. They seemed more like very welcoming. Like, hey, this is pretty yeah. fun. Which These is fine. They're having a good time Which, because, as I said in the intro, it's plur. That's how that all works. Right. <laughs> the kids, the kids were great yeah, well, with that back Columbo, then. Columbo, Columbo always has a warm spot for the youth generation. It's one of the things <clears throat> that I always really like about it. I know there's a class thing. In in Columbo, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking back, one of our favorite supporting characters from the Bye Bye Sky High IQ Club, mm-hmm. which was Lisa. Oh, the kid. Who yeah. was the woman who, no, not not the little kid. Who was the, she was the woman in the club who was trying to go through all of the self-help programs. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That okay. California had to offer. And he just politely listened to the right. whole list. Didn't, and it was, you know, obviously it was a bit of a lampoon on the culture at the time, but it the condemnation doesn't come from Columbo. No. Yeah. Columbo yeah. thinks young folks are fine. When he's talking to the kid in the episode with the robot. Yes. Young Stevie Spielberg. Again. That's right. Thinks everybody else is everybody else is real, you know, weird and guarded around that kid, but Columbo just thinks he's a kid and he's fine. Yeah. He likes talking to him. The little girl in Etude in Black loves talking to the little girl. That's right, yes. Yeah, the little uh, kids at the picnic table in Identity Crisis. I I can do more of these. I'm the sure. the, uh, the 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 kid the kid watching after the uh, dog in uh, the recently departed uh, um, caution, caution murder can be hazardous. To, let's not bring up that one ever again. Uh, why? Was, why wasn't there a kid? In, was there? Wasn't there a kid in the one with uh, Cassavetes? Um, yeah, that was the one. Two to black. Girl. Yeah, they'll go oh, sorry. Next yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I just I think that's that always touches me that Columbo in an in an era particularly where TV shows were doing like Quincy's LSD episode right or the chips would do occasional marijuana ones where it was like you know we're freaks man and criminals and cuz we smoke weed Columbo never got into that he's never he's interested fine. in it. Hey, drinker, swingers, uh, you smoking yeah. weed, whatever you're fine. It's okay. It's all good for Columbo. He just wants to 
He just wants to catch the dude who did the murder, which that's one of my favorite lines in this. It was, that's yeah, the this dude is a suicide. Someone, <laughs> someone wants me to think it's a suicide, and that's the dude I'm going to be looking for. Yeah. Which I love that line. The way he del- delivers it is great because it's so odd. Yes. <laughs> it's so strange. There's there's a few occasions when Columbo kind of does something just slightly out of character and every one of them is charming. Yeah. No, it, it's fine. He's just, oh, he's an old guy who says that now. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. When, he's sitting in, when he's sitting in Justin's office still wearing the pink feather boa, that's yes, really the entire The entire yeah, scene, yeah. he's still wearing it. Even when he's mad. At him. Right. When, when right. Justin says, like, oh, I'm not a suspect, is that it? And he said, was that amusing to you? Which reminded me a little bit of um, the Leonard Nimoy episode. Oh, yeah. When he gets, yeah. he gets hot at the guy because Leonard Nimoy starts laughing at the whole thing. He's like, oh, is that amusing to you that I think you're the suspect? Because, I mean, I, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the uh, one with Robert Wagner where he just, he absolutely loses it on Wagner in the waiting room of the hospital where the victim's wife has been placed after a quote-unquote suicide oh, attempt. Oh, no, 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 Wagner, it's, it's, it's the greasy fella. It's, um... Yeah, yes. No, it's the other guy. Oh, God, I can't, um... Oh, goodness. The greasy fella. The greasy fella. <laughs> the, the Jack LaLanne type. Who is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Wagner. No, not, not Robert, Robert Wagner. Wagner. It was, um... Hold on. You're right. Keep, you, you fellas, keep going. I'll look we'll it keep up. keep talking. Yes, yes, uh... yes. Greasy Colombo I... Fitness. <laughs> Come on, oh Google. God. The, uh... Now, there is something I, I was wondering about, and I, I doubt this is the case. Wow, but... that, that search actually worked. Did it? Greasy Columbo Fitness brought up Exercise and Vitality and Robert Conrad. Conrad, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Wow, I can't believe uh, that phrasing worked. Thank you, Google. You're so smart. this episode, the first half hour is really that Guy Ritchie pan, right? Right. And, like, literally the first half hour. And then the remaining... One. What's that? But a good one. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's a good, good. Take I'm not, on it. Yeah, I'm not saying well. anything's yeah, bad. Yeah. I think these are fine. Then the subsequent hour of the show was the Columbo part. And I keep, I keep wondering if this was such a departure for Columbo that they were cutting it in such a way that they could dump the Columbo part if they had to. Oh. Mm. Huh. So that they could, they could put, they could make it a CSI thing easily enough because or like something similar, whatever whatever ABC's property was, right. because they could just plug it in. There's no reference to Columbo. There's barely reference to it being in L.A. They could have easily put another detective, put another cop procedural on the back end of it. I could have seen it going darker too. Like I spent the oh, whole yeah. episode waiting to see if he was going to kill off the the ex wife. I, oh. I could have seen it. Uh, like I just like because she was a, she was a liability and I kick like like you mentioned earlier it seemed like that Justin had a past and I could have seen them going in a direction more exploring like finding out that this guy is really crazy whereas opposed to where Columbo comes in you kind of can't you could you could have still done that but it actually works better to have it a little bit more genial right yeah oh. Tony or sorry Tony Justin is a weird character yeah and I'm, yeah. I'm wrapping trying to wrap my head around him the 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 mere fact that he dates. Uh, Tony's ex-wife. It doesn't knowing, know yeah, knowing that Tony's a hothead. But doesn't knowing, know that. But does, I don't think he knew that Tony was the son of one of the head of the five families. No, he did though. Yeah, he didn't know but that. He, but it, was, he it does, still endangered the money he was trying to get from from Tony, though. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. And he does not seem like a man who'd be overcome with passion. Like right. he does not. Or, seem like, mm. or a man who would give up money. 
Right. Yeah. 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 That is plus, a- plus, I I did hear this wrong because he mentioned something about he needed to make it seem like Tony was around and all over town. And what he meant by that was renting a car, renting a hotel room in Tony's name. But I thought they were going to weekend at Bernie's him. <laughs> I thought they were going to like put him at the back of the car in dark glasses. They were going to like they were going to video ace him, where he's just like in the Tudoresta, my family. Well, this has to be one of the one, one of the quickest like victim exits. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like he's in he's in this like we barely know him. He's like there for like what four or five minutes before right. it, you know he be tabled death. Yeah, thankfully, because I was tired of that accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think he comes by. And he, the guy, the actor, is actually from Queens, so he, I think it's not a super crazy put on. Possibly, he's from New York City, yeah. so he knows it. So he's doing it, but it was pretty thick. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's like when um, uh, Paula Malcolmson was on Sons of Anarchy. She's Irish, but the accent she was doing on Sons of Anarchy was quite Irish. Oh, okay. Like, she was doing a stage Irish accent. I think this guy was doing a stage Queens. Mm. You know, but actually, just so it was really translated. With, with the disposal of him, though, I actually was surprised uh-huh. at the result of that. Because, and they, they kind of do a bit of misdirection, but it's not like a cheap misdirection, where you see the uh, landscaping going on in the ex-wife's yard. It's like, oh, they must have buried him there. Okay, I get what's going on. So in the end, when it turns out that they put the fellow where they put him, I wasn't expecting that. I, which yeah, I liked yeah. because, like, oh, this episode of Columbo surprised me at the end. I, I liked I, that a great deal. I thought it was a cute touch that they mentioned the fish in the third sentence of the episode. Yes. And Columbo is looking at the thing. So when you watch it right. a second time, you see, like, oh, he's paying attention to each of those three tanks. So when it comes mm-hmm. up later on where he's realize he noticed okay there's a certain number of fish in this one certain number of fish in that one oh there's fewer fish in this one and he thought that was strange because it's like the deviation in pattern right which is always yeah. a huge indicator which is also how he caught the whole thing at the hotel like oh the guy for, pissed for, on okay, the floor every day on the floor every <laughs> single day except for like the last couple of days that's a deviation from pattern. And right. so he noticed that. I thought that was a nice kind of through line with all of that. He well, was also thorough. Was wonderful. Oh, sorry. What was that? Uh, I was just, I love how, th- well, you mentioned it earlier, but he, I love how thorough he is in this episode. There's a lot of, like the part where he's, he goes to the police station and he hears the name of the mis- disappearing husband. So he drives back to the, to the blackmailers, uh, the paparazzi's office and he checks the paper again that we just saw earlier. Where in another situation, I might find that, well, okay, we don't need to see that again. He should have just remembered it. I like how it's sort of essential to the character, that sense of slowly, step by step, piece by piece, putting together all yeah. these little discrepancies. He, he, realizes, he realizes he might have missed something. So he goes yeah. back, tears off like, the police tape, and so goes and like, oh, I kind of missed this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotta go back a bit deeper. Oh, I forgot this thing. I overlooked this, and I've got new information. Yeah, no, it, it's the investigative Columbo stuff is is so well done in this thing. Where it goes step by step, and it's very dogged, and it just yeah, I, I like it. I think it's very well done. Uh, one one thing I do want to mention is he was there too when they were installing the fish tanks, so he could have also noticed the depths were different. 
Oh, right. Maybe that too, yes. And, and since we are on the topic of the fish tanks. Yes. Now, RJ, you love this episode, I think, almost unreservedly. I think it's a very solid... I, I mean, it's not the best episode Columbo I've ever seen, but sure. I think it's a very solid episode and, and yards and leagues above anything that came after the 70s. Up to this point that I've seen, I've still not seen every single 90s episode. Sure. But I think this one holds up with a lot of the 70s ones and actually better than a few of the 70s ones I've seen. Uh, but yeah, I, anyway. I also I also enjoyed it quite a bit. Mostly in parts. I, uh, I thought there was an overall problem. We can discuss it later. Okay. But one of the parts that did not work for me was this is the stupidest place I have ever seen a Columbo killer hide a body. Yes. But that's fine. I like how clever it was. Like I, um, I'm like I'm kind of willing to go for it because it's so clever because they have all the laws about fish and how much water. But at the same time, it's like, no, dude, no. That's like right in the middle of the floor. There, there's right. kind of a thousand other places, like not at your place of business. Right, but especially because... Thought. Is this the one? It's the one club in L.A. that's never going to get renovated, and apparently the only property in L.A. that will never be raised, so something else <laughs> can be built there. But it'll be long the, after this guy sold it, so he doesn't care. He just—it was—it was, it was, des- <laughs> it was a desperation. It was a desperation move. He knew he had an empty spot. Put it there at least for the next several years. That thing, that body's underneath a uh, goldfish I, tank and he's kind of like okay it'll be fine for a few years no one's going to figure it out and we'll figure it out later i think it was like a I, desperation I, move i just feel like it's a little bit too much. I, I, again, I, I actually think i liked it i i didn't mind it that much but it does seem kind of like a batman villain move like it seems like it seems like a much more excessive well you're just kind of you're just selling crazy. it to me even more then <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't. In that it doesn't case, like, oh, it's a golden ticket for me. It, it doesn't fit to me with what we've seen with that Justin Carrier mm-hmm. character from before. It seems a little bit flashy, um, like almost like he's like, oh, I want to keep the body near me because I can feel like I control it or something. I don't know. But I, I felt it. It were I, I didn't again. I didn't mind it because I liked the, that Peter Falk monologue again. I thought I always yes. found that satisfying. But I also can see how it, it, I totally get how it didn't quite fit. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess I, it just, it just, the, the, the low key. I nature, just think it's, uh, yeah. I could concede it a little bit, but overall I had no problem. Well, here's the thing. There's, this is not the first time a body was buried under something on a property. Oh yeah. On Columbo. Right. In, it was at Requiem for a Falling Star. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the, she buries, the, she buries her husband under a fountain, but yeah. that makes sense. Cause she knows she's going to live there till she dies. She's, that's her plan is to never leave that house. He's got to sell that club eventually, or he's going to lose it, or it's going to get replaced or remodeled. He doesn't know that or think that the day it's, like, two days before it's opening, though. I mean, Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you're you're a much more savvy real estate fellow than I am. Listen, all of of the financiers that I've killed are buried, dismembered, (laughs) or otherwise dissolved in really clever ways. Financiers, that's what you call your, your mob... Lending guys, Finance. whatever, John. If that's how you sleep at night, <clears throat> sure. That's exactly how I sleep at night. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, we were talking about um, what a weird character Justin was, and his background, or the fact that he has there's a history to him. Let's mm. keep in mind, he actually confesses to blackmail to Columbo. Yeah, oh yeah, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah, yeah. And Columbo right. rolls with that. Probably because yep. Columbo already knows he's the killer, so he's like, yeah, let's Oh, fine. yeah, yeah, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Keep talking. Keep to talking, me, Junior. To me, 
To me, yeah. that is exactly when Columbo figured it out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's immediately he's like, sure, I'd love to hear more about that. Keep talking. Keep going. <laughs> tell me tell me more about your uh, your stuff. Oh, your I, love, I love the bit where he, he claims that the, the paparazzi uh, had already tried to kill himself earlier. Like yeah, that's right. that's a, a classic Columbo villain. It, it, it's oh. a it's a classic idiots. Like now, here is what I think happened. Explanation, which that yeah. just digs you in so much deeper. Like they yeah. took a whole. It, it seems like uh, when they were doing this, they were they were making a last shot at doing a few more of these mm-hmm. with ABC, and just thought, okay, well, let this look at all the stuff they tried doing like in the eighties and nineties episodes. Like let's just get down to the basic things, but not be too. Uh, cloying about them, put them in there, and you look at this, and it's got them. It, it's got, you know, the murderer doing that uh, sort of over-explanation thing. You got references to some crazy nephew, the wife. Uh, you got Columbo saying, quite a place here. He blaming superiors. It's like all of the elements that you like with the character and just put into, like, some modern CSI TV show somehow. And it doesn't feel clumsy at all. And it's just, I, I, I'm still amazed. They kind of pulled it off for the most part. And, uh, and both the killers do all the classic killer stuff. He threatens yeah. to sue Columbo. Yep. Yep. He tries to glad hand him. He tries to, uh, outthink him. Yep. He, like you say, he fabricates a story mm-hmm. and like, like all lies puts in too many details. Yep. And he yeah. does that. He does that thing where they get angry. Oh, Columbo, it's delightful to see you again. Right. Yes. Like, like increasingly like, Argh! Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's everything's and here. Yet, it's strange. It's really and strange. And yet it's all in it's all in place. And but this is the first time they ever showed someone getting kicked in the nuts. Yes, that's right. Oh, it's a brutal. <laughs> it's a very brutal murder. It's so the it's, camera is so close to the nuts. <laughs> yeah. It was tremendously close to the nuts when yep. it happened. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it's very brutal. It's very strange. It, it's just uh, unpleasant to watch. But yeah, it's one of the more gruesome murders, and it's but it's funny, and that's one of the yes. I think one of the guilty pleasures of it is it does feel there's a bit of a laugh to it. Looking at what else was on TV at the time, yes, uh, what this was opposite, I can kind of see why. How so? Okay, so SmackDown is over on UPN. What's that? That's a uh, WW World Wrestling Federation. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Which is your combination of comedy and violence. Right. Uh, CSI was on opposite this. Oh, God, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. Like the same night? Wow. Same night. Halfway, it was halfway through and it took, this is impressive. Star Search preceded CSI. Star Search? In 2003 was still on? Wow. Yeah. Got a, got a, got a 14 share. CSI started, got a 24 share. Mm. That's wow. a big jump. Columbo, yeah. this is this is awful, but the, also ABC was like the bottom rated network then, so keep this in mind. Columbo got a share, got a nine share. Oh my god! Well, no wonder that's they a, didn't. No wonder they didn't keep yeah. going then. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, because this beats, was. Uh. Oh, and also it it uh, it started opposite Friends, Scrubs, Will and Grace, and ER. Oh, it was on Thursday. Oh, well then, yep. yeah, it was dead. Yeah, dead in the water. Dead. dead in the water. Joe oh, Joe wow. Joe Millionaire was the only show that did worse. <laughs> okay. Oh my just god. Idea. Uh, I just wanted to go back really quick. What you were saying about the murder being funny, I, I remembered uh, one of my favorite shots in the episode 
was when he's typing the suicide note and the camera slowly pans over and you see the blurry, the, the uh, black man, like black man are slowly crawling towards the wall. <laughs> uh, it felt like a Coen Brothers shot. Like yes! a blood symbol. Oh, yeah. no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Oh. oh, hold on. Let's take a moment and just imagine the Coen Brothers directing Columbo. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Oh my God. Well, well actually I want to bring up, speaking <clears throat> of that, the director, Jeffrey Reiner, uh, directed uh, two of my favorite episodes of the last season of Fargo. Connected to which, that. Wait, which ones? Uh, it was um, uh, Rhinoceros and... Oh, God, what was the other one? It, it was the... Um, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. I just really love that show. I just uh, I just yeah. caught up the second season. Yeah, no, he uh, was the... Oh, The Gift of the Magi. Yeah. Which is it, it was, almost... He, he directed the one with... Um, yeah, Nick Offerman ends up holding off... Uh, the Reinhardts oh, outside the jail. One. He directed yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. and he directed one just before that uh, when uh, uh, everyone loves Raymond's brother gets massacred, and his uh, boys from Kansas City get massacred in the woods. Spoilers. He directed those two. <laughs> My God, it was on a year ago. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he directed those two episodes. Of those are really good episodes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when I was looking it up, I was like, oh, okay. So he's he does good things. So yeah, I this think explains uh, why this actually. Looks good. He's actually not bad at making television look nice. Yeah. He's also he was also the co-producer on the Dick Wolf Dragnet LA series. I never saw that. Was it good? You should see that. Really? I when Ed O'Neill's career started and I you know watched a couple of that fucking execrable Married with Children show, I do remember thinking this guy needs to be a grizzled cop somewhere. And so Dragnet is perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. Mm. And I think he's fantastic. I think it's a great episode. Let's we'll do that next. That's the next <laughs> podcast, the Dragnet LA podcast. Yeah, actually, that sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but this 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 guy, like, yeah, he's like he's like produced a bunch of stuff. He's directed quite a few episodes of television. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, and this he did a great job, I think, directing this and bringing Columbo. Oh, he did the uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, pilot that never aired anywhere. Oh wait, I, God, that wasn't I'm the, the David guy. E. Kelly one. Yeah, the David I, E. Kelly. Oh, that was awful. He I mean, directed. Uh, he directed. I, I, I would, yeah, I would, he produced. I wouldn't blame the director. I'm not going to blame the director. I, it's it was that the script. Oh, I never just, saw it. Oh, oh really? It oh crummy. God! So a, fr- a friend of mine got me a copy of it, and it it was um. I, I'm sad. I will. That. I will. I will take your word for it. Yes. Yeah. Not bother. Oof. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I have a yeah. Uh, I have a list. I wrote down a little list of why I think this works. Okay. As opposed to all the other 90, 90s episodes. Right. And I feel like, number one, it's completely unmoored from the 70s episodes. The the early 90s ones seem to be trying to be the 70s episodes. Trying to remind you, like, hey, here's your old yeah. friend Columbo. Look at all our Columbo things he does. Like, no, this just is an right. episode of Columbo. That's it. Yeah. Right. So this one this one is firmly set in 2001 and it's not just about the trends, it's about the entire culture. Mm-hmm. Which is what Columbo was in the 70s. It, he was yeah. present in the culture. His villains were, you know, celebrity doctors and uh, you know, uh, fitness stars and old movie stars who just haunted that town. So it was really in the culture and by by the 21st century in LA it's a whole different kind of world because all that glamour has left and now you're in kind of the seedy LA. The other thing is 
that Columbo is isolated in his own little world. That's another thing that was missing from the 90s episodes. He would so often be doing comedy bits or you know, interacting with random characters. In this one, it's like they just they literally picked him up from a 70s episode, dusted him in powdered sugar, and <laughs> dropped, him, <laughs> dropped him in the middle of a crime and then didn't change anything about him, didn't, didn't distract him, just let him be a detective. And that worked so much better oh, than I it did so. in yes. half the 90s episode. Yeah, yeah. And yet, okay. I was still let down by this at the oh, end really? of this episode. I, so? I, felt, I felt a million things worked. And I took a long time to try to figure out what I didn't enjoy about it. I went to the I, I went as far as to diagram some of some <laughs> my, of the old seventies episodes. I'm not shitting. Gracious. Okay. I really want. We've done like how many of these have we done? Is this our like thirtieth? This is this is uh, this will be number forty one. Yeah, so it's so about we got time like we a twenty. We got twenty odd left, but this is number. You got to bring yeah. some math in. It's it's time. Sure, yeah, sure. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's about time we came up with some theories <clears throat> on how the show works. We've got we've so that are crackpot theories, know, but there's I more. Know. Okay. Well, no. Here's the thing. I was looking at how Columbo interacts with killers, and I was using all of the Culp, Cassidy, and McGowan episodes. I also picked mm-hmm. some of the the better uh, or more <laughs> revered episodes, like uh, Lady in Waiting or Try and Catch Me. Or one that I liked, I don't think RJ liked that much, but uh, Make Me a Perfect Murder. Mm-hmm. And the the key to that versus other episodes that I didn't enjoy as much, and I'll, I'll list one of those in a minute because RJ loved it and I didn't. Um, the, the key is that the evolution, there's an evolution between Columbo and the killer. That oh. the, killer, the killer himself changes... From interacting with Columbo. Like the McGowan episodes in particular always do that. There's always a moment where the McGowan character, who's highly intelligent, reluctantly recognizes Columbo's intelligence and then tries to use his, then feels that his position somehow makes him untouchable, has to ultimately surrender. And he goes through a story arc like a protagonist might go through. Culp is very much the same, especially in Death Lends a Hand. He's a character who immediately recognizes that Columbo is a threat and starts changing his behavior in order to kind of woo or disable Columbo and then ultimately just collapses under Columbo's ability to reveal his own guilt to him. Uh, The murderess in Make Me a Perfect Murder doesn't underestimate Columbo at all because she's been underestimated her entire life. So she spends the episode trying to do different use different ways of manipulating him, like she's manipulated everyone else in her life. And as they fail, she just loses it. She just, like, by the time yep. the episode ends, she's crazy. Yep. So that, to me, is part and parcel of a really good Columbo episode, is the villain having, the villain evolving and having uh, uh, an arc of his own. And I don't think that happened here. Neither yeah. killer really had an arc. If I if they reminded me of anyone, they reminded me of Ross Martin in Suitable for Framing, which is an episode that RJ liked. Oh, I liked it a great deal. And, and yeah. I did not. And I think part of that is, I don't think Ross Martin's character changed during the course of the episode. They don't always, though. I mean, not every single They don't episode always, do they? and yeah. not, not every great episode cool. does. But right. it's, but like, say, the Martin Landau episode. You watch them change. Or the Leonard Nimoy episode. The they, Leonard Nimoy doesn't change, though. He's still a... 
horrible, murderous dick throughout the entire thing. He hasn't changed. You, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of George Hamilton in the first episode. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't, he's there also, isn't there also an element of the killer making extra steps while Columbo is going along to try and cover their tracks, which I don't think happens in this episode. Everything we see the killers do happens in that first half hour, and the rest of it is Columbo just sort of picking up the pieces until they get to the point where he he has everything and he just presents it to him. I still enjoy it, but I think I get I get what you're saying, and I think yeah. it, it, there's there's not really that sense of a game between two people. It's more like Columbo just showing up as kind of a crime janitor and and putting everything. And that's that's still satisfying to me because I like seeing things put together that way, but it also robs you of that sense of two people sort of going mano a mano and Columbo gradually wearing them down. Because by the end, like that final confrontation, there's no real sense of desperation from Justin. He's, mm -hmm. I mean, the the other woman, I forget her name, um, she's like nervous, but she's been pretty much nervous for the past hour. He's just sort of like, I'm angry, and then I'll oh, just listen to this, and uh, oh, crap. And like, there's no, no I remember because like I was thinking, well, maybe it's because they're in a crowd, but there was um the, the I think it's the one with Raymond Land, the first is it the first cult one? Yeah, the one where uh, they, yes, the, yeah, the it's detective. like the first the first regular episode of the series, yeah. Oh, and, you're talking uh, about the first uh, one and the last one, yes. Mm -hmm. oh, um, where uh, where he, they they basically catch him in the act of trying to like he brings Maland and all the other people, and but there's still that sense at the end of them catching him in the act. Whereas in this one. There's none of that. There's no catharsis of guilt. It's more just like, well, we put all the pieces together, and here's the stuff, and now you go to jail. And yeah, that's, it does. Yeah. It, it does seem like you miss that final thing. Yeah, that's, no. a, that's a really good way to explain it, and a good introduction of the second half of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I also oh. diagrammed this. Well, well, wait, I, hold on, hold on, one second. Uh, let me tell right. our affiliates we'll be going long tonight. We should go because John's got is... our John's got his second half of why this episode sucks. So our local stations, uh, your news will be on at eleven thirty as opposed to eleven. Peter so. Jennings is fucking swearing. He's like, not every night, not every night. Um, no, the, so I mean, I I tracked the killers, and then I also tracked the potential villains or potential victims. Cause there's a lot of episodes where, and I agree with you guys that I think Justin must have been considering killing, even though it wasn't explicitly said, he must've been thinking about killing his girlfriend. Yeah. Probably. Cause she was alive. There are a lot of episodes where there's a victim coming up dead weight, Suzanne Plachette. She's obviously going to get murdered by Eddie Albert Yep. pushed into the water. Uh, there's the scene in the Robert Conrad episode with uh, the ex-wife who uh, he fakes a suicide attempt for. Oh, There's right. the Leonard Nimoy episode where he actually saves the guy who was the actual intended victim, yes. mm -hmm. yeah. which is so great. But the, so Columbo trying to save people when he knows they're in danger of being next is also part of the DNA of the show. And when he's too late, we know from Etude in Black where he's just – eating himself up about the whole idea of suicide and a young woman committing suicide. And then when he realizes it's murder, just getting even more angry. That should have been in here because that woman was obviously a target. <clears throat> 
and it didn't play a point. She barely played a part. In the and they episode. didn't even talk. I, w- I was expecting, I was half expecting the mob thing to be a bigger. I liked how it kind of goofily played out, but I was expect because she mentions early on that they're 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 going to kill me if they find out about this. And and Columbo doesn't even lean into that that much. Like there's right. no sense of like danger from them that they might get bumped off by the mob if this if this comes to light. There was no growing real urgency or yeah. Well, I think Which, by the way, it, t- it took place over such a compressed amount of time that it yeah. didn't quite have time for that to play out. And so when he does find out, he warns uh, Justin about it, and he's telling Justin about it. And I think there's there's this great shot where Justin just kind of leaves, and and Peter Falk does this weird kind of like eye rolling thing, like seriously, you're not freaked out by this? Just before it cuts to commercial, he's like, "What, really? This is big. <laughs> you're an idiot." Yeah, for not. So I think. It's there, but I think it's been such a short amount of time since it happened. Okay. There wasn't yeah. enough time. Well, and this is back in 2003, before you had the internet mob. So you didn't have the uh, digital mob able to right. go around the globe at a moment's notice. This was like, this was still analog mafia back then, 13 uh, years they, ago. So if they, if they bring back Columbo, do you think they'll do an anonymous episode? Oh, prop. Maybe. Oh, I, ma- I made myself so tired just saying that. They might. They might. Oh. I don't see why not. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, those are my problems with it. I don't think they're overwhelming problems. They're certainly not unique because there have been Columbo episodes previously that have done this. But those are those are what left me feeling a little unfulfilled and, with and this. The thing is, though, thinking about, and I'm just assuming some context of this. It had been several years since the uh, the last run of shows. And they were trying to do this to maybe get some more going to try to, I think, maybe establish the case that they could do this like two, three, four more times, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, that they probably are like, we just got to make something that's accessible, that can work, that doesn't get too deep, but hits the points, hits them well, and actually makes it a bit more competent than they were before, but actually <coughs> modern. So I think they weren't really going to be delving too deeply into those, like deeper elements of the show, and I think yeah, on this that might, level they can they succeeded. I mean, this, yeah, this might have just been a proof of concept show. Exactly. Yeah. No. That yeah. that's a that's the phrase. That's a perfect phrase. Although I think, I think that's what, what I, this was. What I kind of want. Works. What I kind of want out of the last episode of Columbo is that thing that we love, where the villain feels like he could have been in his own show. Oh, and yeah, that, does, yeah, yeah. that yeah. doesn't happen here, which is not not everyone can be that. No, and not but, all of them were. But yeah, no, but I think they, I think they were. I don't think they were making this with an eye towards it being the very last one. They were making it hoping, right. OK, uh, this one's going to do great. And it, we're going to make a couple more. And then they got the nine share and that was it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so a loss <laughs> to CSI and friends. Why would you race. put it up against NBC's Thursday night lineup? That is just burying. Well, no, they because because really they show. Sorry. Because, it's probably because they thought it was going to do shitty anyway, so they just wasted it that night. They didn't care. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna go see what's on every other night because they could have had a better night. Oh, I'm sure they could have. I'm sure they could have. They could have been on Sunday night. It would have been better. I mean, it just it's they probably yeah they were just uh, running it out. January, yeah, I guess they, you know, they probably moved it to Thursday because they had changed the the program so much. Yeah, you know? I guess. I don't know if they were... Because it, it they really were, wasn't a Sunday audience anymore. I, I don't know if they were trying to grab a younger audience or if they just thought... 
eh, we'll run this one off on a Thursday when we know it's not going to make a difference. So then we'll have an excuse. I'm surprised they had a two-hour block on a Thursday that they could just throw away. Yeah, like, yeah. what was what was regularly airing on Thursdays that they could Actually, preempt? I, John, if you could look that up. What was on the previous Thursday? Like, oh, previous series? Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I was looking during the rest of the week, and I, to my mind, they could have killed everything. Uh, one more day, guys. Almost there. Sure. 23rd of January, 2003. Oh, this is... This is... Oh, God, what... Okay, eight eight simple rules. Okay. Which you might remember, right? Right, yeah. According, yeah. according to Jim. Okay. Oh. So they were doing sitcoms usually Thursday so nights. It was, their, but, it was the comedy block. Yeah, it was a comedy yeah, my block. Wife, so, my wife and kids and George Lopez. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so they, they had like the, they are their usual sitcoms and just they were burning off this Columbo they had bought on some Damn. Thursday in late January and just like, ah, we'll get rid of it. Yeah, so that's it. And the next week they went back to those sitcoms. So of course, yeah, that wasn't gonna. Although here's here's the thing, Columbo brought in better shares than all of these shows. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Better than according to Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Cultural zeitgeist it was. I can't to... believe that, John. You're <laughs> just telling me lies, lies and tales out of school. <sighs> what the how the hell is that guy still going? I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it was murder on the episode, but those are those are just what came to my mind. I, I, to me, I was just so well. You know what? Let, let's we'll, we'll have this lead into the wrap up then, because that's actually a very good wrap up of your balanced thoughts on it. Um, I'm gonna say, overall, I was extremely uh, pleasantly surprised and happy with this, given the 90s ones that I've seen thus far, uh, given what it could have been, given what I was expecting, um, I thought it hit all the notes of a good, solid Columbo episode very well. Uh, it didn't seem even 5% as ham fists could have given the, the subject matter also. Because, I mean, yeah, putting in that world, uh, as you said at the beginning, Zach, it wasn't at all ever condescending or strange towards the electronic music rave thing. It's like, oh, no, that's just where it happens. That That's mm-hmm. just the setting. That's the context for it. Whatever. It wasn't all like, oh, look at this crazy music. Look at this crazy stuff happening. Oh, it just, oh, he's just there. He interacts with it. That's it. It's fine. It's too loud for him. No big deal. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I think I would say if, if you're a fan of Columbo, seek this one out. Watch it. Um, not just because it's the very last one ever made, but also eh, it's a pretty darn good episode of Columbo. I think that's, that's how would you, how would you rate it compared to all the other nineties episodes we've discussed compared to all the ones we've discussed. So if, um, yeah, I, I'm, is I'm it better to, than I, butterfly? Yeah, it is. And I think for okay. me, uh, 90% of it is just because uh, visually it actually tried yeah. It actually tried to be interesting uh, visually, and also with the editing. Like, it actually tried to look like something more than just a flat uh, television detective program of that era. I think it just, it, it's a bit more interesting. It moves fast. As Zach said, uh, it just, it, it's pretty lean. What is there is there for the story to keep things moving ahead. And you can't say that about 
a lot of the 90s ones and even a few of the 70s ones. So I think I, I would recommend people find this one, watch it however you can, DVD or somewhere on the internet. Uh, check it out for sure. Uh, Zach, uh, what did you think about it overall? I, I liked it. Um, I think I'm definitely grading on a curve here, which is weird because I don't think I've seen any of the, any of the other 90s, any of the 90s ones. Mm. But I've listened to your podcast about them and they sound awful. Um, <laughs> oh no! I, uh, no Shatner, I the Shatner I, one. Watch the Shatner I, one. That one's fun. I, think I watched a couple yeah. of YouTube clips of the of some of them. Anyways, um, so my expectations obviously colored uh, my my feelings about it, but it's a very it's very entertaining, and I definitely say seek it out. I do think it's um it's interesting because uh, uh, John, you were talking about it has um about how it, it like it's it feels like it's set in the curtain like it's more modern. To me, there's, there's, I can see what you're saying because it does have the setting right, but it also feels like there's something kind of timeless about the script, which I mm-hmm. think helped it, but oh, I think yes. might have also helped hurt it as a series. Because if you look at it compared to something like CSI, where CSI was all sexy murder times with mm-hmm. flashy graphics and sexy murders and body like, corpses that are sexy and ah, lies. And, whereas with this, it felt like I would not have thought this was 2003 if you hadn't said that. I would have assumed it was, I didn't even know the year going in. I assumed it was mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it felt yeah, very too, much, actually. yeah, it felt very much of that sort of time. It felt kind of like a throwback. So I could kind of understand why it, it wasn't a success at that point. But I do think for what it was, it could have been so much worse. And, as, and even, even, even if you put the, the curve aside, it's, it's just, it's fun. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, if, yeah. if you, if you're like, if you watch the Americans, which as, as, as a good American, you I, do, I have, to, I still uh, not seen that show and I feel bad. It, I've heard such good things about it. Yeah. You'll have time. It's excellent. They, they've got a cutoff point. You don't have to worry about keeping it on the air anymore. So just, you know, give yourself time. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's really fun to see Matthew Reed. I, I, am I butchering his last name? I don't know. I don't know. We, uh, we were talking about this before. I, would, I think it's Reese, but I don't know if it's right. I, I assume it's Reese. Yeah, like right, Jonathan so Reese Davies is what I think. Matthew okay. Reese is, is actually quite good. He's, a oh, he's wonderful. Um, he's like, he's, he's an unusual kind of combo, Columbo villain. It's very much that sort of like, I wouldn't say method actor, but that very sort of like subtle, sort of reserved, more modern style against the more kind of... I don't know. I, I don't want to say corny or flashy, but sort of a different feel for earlier Columbo episodes. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really fun to watch him. And no, I and, and just as a as a writing exercise, well, I, I actually I, I agree with everything you said in your little it's all, John said in his, his various diagrams of, of pain. Um, <laughs> I I I actually still appreciate how efficient this episode was and how it used the the, the full ninety minutes. And yet, it never felt like they were they were drawing it out, and never mm-hmm. there was no point where I was sort of like, "Oh, this this subplot doesn't really need to be here." I, it, it felt very much like it made efficient use of my time, which sounds like a oh, weird. Oh no, way that to... makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I, I yeah. So I would say, um, compared to the Columbus I've seen, it's not the best, but it's it's not certainly not the worst, and I I enjoyed it. So I would say, yes, definitely seek it out. I, I want to say one thing. Uh, you're talking about the uh, the CSI sexy stuff. I, I love the fact that the big CSI element of this at the end, they bring in that like the radar thing to sweep to sweep uh. the uh, the sweep the floor. But the guy, the guy who brings it out, is, is like the nerdiest looking technician, and the thing is like this giant like sort of like a metal detector looking thing. It's the least sexiest. I loved that. Like that almost seemed like I probably wasn't, but that almost seemed like it was kind of a comment. Like oh, we're using the the big CSI technology they got over on CBS right now. But it just was such a weird thing, like wiping the floor with it, and it just seemed so strange and odd and awkward. And I loved that it was so unsexy and so un high tech seeming. And they had to like a cop having to plug 
like screw the coaxial cable into it. Like specifically <laughs> as opposed to your superior screen. I, I love the way that all played out. And and also the, the horror uh on the faces of everyone in the club as they watch that. As Columbo's walking out, they're all looking at him like parting ways for all these young people, <laughs> the club goers, just like, oh my god, that old man just showed us a terrible, disgusting thing. Like I loved that part of it, which was wonderful. that in that yeah. scene. My favorite part was when you know he's getting yelled at by Justin. Security's coming to take him out, and he's like, "I got a warrant! I got a warrant right here!" And everybody in the club steps back. Yes, <laughs> like oh, no, okay, actually, oh shit, oh, we, we were heading towards the end, but that last scene. Okay, so there's that, but then there also there's the fact where he comes in and Justin's so pissed at him, and Columbo's like. Like, I take a moment though. This is this man's vision. Can we all yes, give him a big yes. hand? Which to me, which to me felt uh, so similar to his character in the In-Laws. Like that's exactly <laughs> something his oh, character yeah, yeah. in the In-Laws would have done to just be at the last minute ingratiating and just so disingenuously uh, nice to somebody. That just felt like I mean, such an In-Laws moment. Tim got like, can we give him a big hand before I send him away for murder in a few minutes? <laughs> I love that was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, anyway. I forgot to talk about that, and I thought that was, that was a wonderful, wonderful uh, Peter Falk moment. Yeah. Um, John, Let's okay, we, we know you had, you had problems with it, but you kind of liked it uh, overall. Uh, final thoughts, and what would you rate it? Uh, my my only final thought really is the title. I think is what turned me off initially. Oh yeah. Same because, here. I had such yeah. trepidations yeah. going into this from that title alone. So that was a bad idea because it's a disco reference, which doesn't make any sense in this context. Right. But I do wish it had been a three parter called Columbo likes the nightlife. Columbo likes to <laughs> loves to boogie Columbo on the disco round. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's probably what they're hoping for. ABC. Was like, oh, this is it. No, no, don't worry. You got, you got uh, three weeks in a row going up against friends. No but, problem. Uh, yeah, just to just to summarize, I did have problems with I think the relationship between Columbo the killer and Columbo and the 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 potential victim, the other killer. Uh, although I thought there were tremendous, a lot of the writing was spot on, the character was spot on. Mm -hmm. Columbo fit into this new template in a way that was not condescending or patronizing or awkward or embarrassing. It he fit seamlessly. Uh, the opening segment was very different, but it was exciting and as obviously influenced by Guy Ritchie uh, as it was, it was still I thought it stood on its own very well, wh whatever the comparison. So, a very strong episode. Probably agree with you that it's mm -hmm. better than Butterfly and Shades of Grey, which is I think our mutually agreed best 90s episode. And if you were going to watch a Columbo from the 90s, this is not a typical one, but it's definitely one you should watch. Mm-hmm. So, if I were to rate it, I would give it a rating of 9 out of 14 koi fish in a dance floor. <laughs> Which, by the way, we didn't mention, that is a terrible thing to do to koi. Oh, yeah, no, the entire time watching that, I was thinking, like, <sighs> they're stomping on their, 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 yeah, that's awful, that's not oh, good. it's awful, I hated it. Okay. Which just goes to show you, Justin's just an asshole. He's an utter, yeah. Yeah. And Columbo should have called the, <laughs> the ASPCA. Boy, I talked to his nephew who works in whatever I, department. Whose nephew probably you know, doesn't I, uh, exist. I just did the math, and that makes it uh, that makes it a sixty-four percent, which is a little lower than I would actually give this episode. So, uh, okay, 
So just add a couple fish. Yeah, there you go. Add a couple fish and it'll be fine. You should watch this episode is what we're saying. I also, I forgot to mention too, I, I often have uh, fears that, that someday I will end up uh, living like that uh, tabloid reporter. Some sort of some sort of office slash still apartment in squalor, but without the coolness of being some sort of reporter or private detective. I'll just end up in that kind of situation. I still think that's going to happen someday. Just a Christmas the hot plate and a tiny Christmas tree on top of a desk looking outside some industrial hellscape. That's... But that's me. That's how I swing. Anyway... I'm sad now. <laughs> I know. I, I wow, forgot okay. to mention that. Anyway, uh, so thank you, Zach, for being on the show. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming back. Um, uh, people want to, uh, you want folks to go see you, uh, what you're working on these days. Uh, where should they go? Where should they be following you on the internet? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Z Hanlon, H-A-N-D-L-E-N. And um, I'm still writing for the AV Club. I don't have any current series going on right now, but I've got a couple essays coming up. Actually, I don't know when this will go up. Well, uh, just this, this will go up in uh, two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. All right, then, the, then I should have a couple essays that have already been pu- published at the AV Club that you might be interested in. So just, you know, go to the AV Club and search my name if you're curious. Sure. Uh, uh, what about for a little bit of a, th- a preview uh, or a sniff? Well, one of them, one of them is about uh, me reading Stephen King's It as a kid and as a grown-up. Oh, dear. Uh-uh. And one of them is about uh, the difference, kind of a comparison between the novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and the movie. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I like those. I like those book and movie comparisons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I actually, I actually had a website. That was actually how I got a sort of got the AV Club job. Is I actually had a website on my own where I did those for a while, and then like Tasha Robinson read one of them and said, "Oh, this is good. Do you want to come work for us?" And I was like, "Yes." There we go. You nice. Got, you got headhunted. Cool. So, All right, yes. so folks, look for those. Those actually sound uh, very interesting. Um, and yeah, if you want to uh, listen to more of this particular program uh, we got new episodes and old at jmtpodcast.com or in the uh podcast section of whichever online service you use itunes google music uh stitcher what have you just do a search for us uh we're usually uh, categorized in the tv section of all of those uh if you go to jmtpodcast.tumblr.com uh we post uh, and repost things that other folks on tumblr have uh, put up there about colombo uh plus john posts screen grabs uh, from each episode and further expanded thoughts. That's fun to read and look at. And uh, great screen grabs to use as reactions on Twitter. That's how I use them. Because that's... People love that. Memes. Content. Branding. It's important, people. Yes. Kids. Memes, teens. Yes. Teens. You gotta get into that. You gotta, you gotta pay attention to those things. That's how you're gonna make your money in the uh, future. Not manufacturing it, things, but memes and content. Mm-hmm. You gotta pay attention to your brand, kids. All you kids listen to this episode. You hep kids. Just, uh... Just like Harambe said, <laughs> yes, oh God. Right. it it That's me, right. fam. Yeah. TFW. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of Twitter, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we post about uh, we we like uh, getting comments on there. We respond to things. Uh, we'll hit that. I'll hit that like button pretty uh, easily. It doesn't take much. If you like that little rush of adrenaline that uh, someone's like to post uh. yours on Twitter, oh, I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> If I'm bored at work and I flip over like, oh, someone posted about something about the podcast, the JMT podcast, I'll click that little heart button. So there you go. You'll, you're guaranteed to get that. We don't always follow back, though. We have standards. But the JMT podcast on Twitter is where Just we want to get some of that stuff. Hey, you got to do some vetting. Um, and if you want to write to us, 
If you don't want uh, your comments out there on our uh, website, but you just want to write to us privately, uh, we don't mind getting emails. That's Columbo at thecitydesk.net, and we usually respond within six to eight months. So there you go. That's great. Something else to look forward to. Um, well, yeah, that's that's a program for this time around. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Harkins? Harkins? The computer with the suicide note. Has that been dusted for prints? Uh, no, sir. Didn't seem necessary on the suicide. Did you smell his breath? Whose breath, sir? The victim's. It smells of mouthwash. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Faintly minty, I suppose. You see this? No, sir. It's a toenail. And there's nine more of them up here in the toilet. He cut his toenails. Okay. So... It just doesn't strike me as the kind of thing you do before you hang yourself off the side of a building. A swig of mouthwash and, uh, what do you call it? A pedicure, right? More like getting ready for a woman than a suicide.